0: Good afternoon, good evening, my name is Marty Plum and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket and I hit the right button so now we can get started with the podcast. Welcome to the film room, episode number 10, our final film room episode with my friend Dexter Goodner from the Valley of Ord, Nebraska. Coach Goodner, how are you on this fine morning?
1: I'm doing great. I told you I was getting my daughter around for her cheer camp today, so we're up ready to rock and roll. There's high energy in this house.
0: Yes. Uh, Most important question when we're going to cheer camp. Is your daughter a face painter?
1: Uh, Well, if she she had her way, yes. (laughs) Um, But... No, no. We generally try to stay away from that. But she thinks she's quite the artist. Oh, well, she is actually a really good artist. So she loves to do all that sort of stuff. Nails, face paint, hey, all that stuff.
0: Hey, just just a little girl being a little girl. That's awesome, buddy. Yep, so, yep. Uh well uh, we didn't see uh, that I recall, we didn't see any face painting in our film that we are discussing here this week, our last one. And but it is there is, is
1: actual face paint in there. There, there is was. a fan after Williams' last game when they lose, there's like the disappointment, you know, in the crowd. They do have one of the fans who's like fully face painted and like wearing the gear. So,
0: gotcha. Oh, I miss that. (laughs) I I miss that. I miss that. So maybe after that, at that point, after the like the two and a half hour mark, I I just didn't have uh, quite the attention span.
1: uh, Yeah, for sure.
0: But uh, we are here to talk about the 1994 classic hoop dreams. Uh and, and it's a crossover. It was released as a as a feature film, so to speak, but it is a documentary. So I put it in the documentary category uh for the film room for whatever that's worth, if anybody cares. But um I really uh Dexter, and I know you're you're I don't I don't want to age myself nor you, but I know you're younger than me. Um and I remember uh when this movie came out, um you know, Arthur A. G. and William Gates are my age. I graduated from high school in 1992, and this movie came out in 1994. And so I have, uh, you know, this kind of hits right home with my era of basketball and high school basketball, the way we played in high school, uh, the uniforms we had in high school. Oh, yeah. uh, I-, I noticed... Uh, you know, quite a few teams in the film had the T-shirts uh, built into the into the uniforms, which was kind of a little bit of a thing in the late '80s and early '90s. Um, you know, so uh, this this really this movie has always hit home with me. Uh, I've always loved it, um, and it, it, it was just a a, a really realistic story of these two kids with dreams and aspirations of playing in the NBA just like millions of kids do all around the country and now all around the world. So, uh yeah. you know, Dexter, what was you, you know, like I said, I know you're younger than me. What was your kind of view of this time period, this era uh as you as you look back on it a little bit more. You for for me it was current events, for you it's a little bit more historical.
1: Um yeah, so I know you like to start these off a little hot take, Um, so I do. I do have a little hot take for this.
0: Bring the heat, buddy. Um, Bring the heat.
1: I I know this might be controversial, but I think this is the best movie on your list. Really? To watch? I really do. Yeah. i think it's great i you were talking about how it kind of hits home with you um so it strikes me at an interesting time too because i the first time i ever watched this film it happened to just be on tv and i think it was fox i don't know why i have this memory but i do remember like sitting in my living room living room floor, floor watching it yeah and it was my eighth grade year okay and so it's right that those first scenes of those guys yep. um, when they're in junior high, and you can kind of see like their different maturity levels, you know, because yep. Gates is just like dunking Um, and Arthur's, you know, doing the 360. I was that eighth grader who had like, I matured really fast. Uh-huh. And so, like, you know, I'm snapping the rim and like, so I just remember like watching this film and watching their careers and just going out and playing basketball afterwards and yep. just, I, can't imagine it now like a junior high kid sitting down and watching a three-hour movie and loving it yeah um but i but i did and so this has kind of stuck with me through the ages mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, it's a great film I, yeah. I, the style though is just fantastic because I kind of I was at the back end of that, of course. And yeah. so uh, it was it's great. I love, I well, love seeing all that.
0: Well, you know, and and I I love this movie. I mean, I do. I, I've loved it since the first time I saw it. Uh, if if it comes on. Uh, you know, I'll swing over to it. Oh, okay, we're at the part where where Williams getting his knee done. Okay, I'm going to watch yep. it till this point. Or I'm at the part where where Bo leaves the family. Okay, I'm going to watch it till this point. Or okay, we're we're in the stretch run. We're in their senior year playoffs. Okay, I'm going to watch it till this point. You know, and, and you know, so there's yep. so there's not a point where you jump in. Like if you're flipping through the channels and you and you find a spot, it's it's hard to find a spot where you're like, ah, this is this is kind of boring, and I'm I'm just going to come back to it or, or turn off the TV or whatever. If, if you jump into it in the middle of it at any point, you're probably going to ride with it for a while. So Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I love this movie. There's a reason why I held it off. I'll be honest with you, Dexter. There's a reason why I held it off for the last one because it is one of my favorites. Um, I mean, I kind of opened up with one of my favorites with Blue Chips. I'm kind of ending with one of my favorites and Hoop Dreams. And uh, yeah, you know it's it's a it's a, it's a great story that you know the filmmakers. Uh, this was intended to be uh, just a thirty-minute short film on PBS, and it just kept growing and kept growing and kept growing.
1: Really, uh, yeah. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, they ended up shooting over two hundred and fifty hours worth of footage altogether, and they and they had to cobble together a bunch of different grants uh, to to end up filming it. And, uh, so, you know, so it's, it's, it's an interesting story of just putting the film together itself. You know, uh, this is not a major Hollywood production. I think it was done out of like Minneapolis. It was like Minnesota public television or something like that. And, uh, you know, so, um, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I've got a, I've got a couple questions for you, Mr. Goodner. Uh, are you ready to bust out your old starter jacket from 1991? I, oh, I,
1: I, if only, <laughs> if only I had it. Well, and f- to be fair, in '91 I was three years old, so oh, I don't think it would necessarily oh, fit. Oh, geez!
0: <laughs> I, I, I
1: wish I had it for like my son right now.
0: <laughs> you could probably find one, but oh, yeah, geez, for sure. You're only three in 1990. Jeepers, cry many. now. I'm, I'm really dating myself here. Okay. Uh, so, starter check, Here's another question I have for you. I, I literally dare you, on the first day of practice there at Ord here in a few weeks, mm-hmm. I want you to walk into and I'm not saying that you need to be using it, but I want you to walk into practice with the Gene Pingatori uh, pipe. Uh, I want you oh, to carry that I'm around not- with you all year, man.
1: I have a note of the pipe too. Like imagine watching film with a player, and you just got a pipe in, and you're just smoking away while watching breaking down film. Like just craziness.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, my dad. And my
1: shorts have to be like all the way up my legs too.
0: <laughs> well, hey, those were those were the thing, man. Those were the thing in the in the uh, in the seventies, eighties, into the early nineties. Oh yeah, uh, a lot of my high school coaches had those bike uh coaching shorts on those those were the thing man
1: but if i walked into practice with those shorts and a pipe i just i can't even imagine everybody would just walk out and be like, no, we're good.
0: you know and and my dad smokes a pipe so every time i see a, a guy smoking a pipe I, I think of my dad but you know my dad would never dream of just be sitting around with a with 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 a with a player or whatever, just, yeah, you know, here, let me, let me put my tobacco in here and let's just, yep. you know, you know, uh, light this up and, let, and let's break down a little two, three zone here, you know? So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, definitely, uh, an, an age difference and, and, uh, yeah, cool. You know, just great stuff. Just great. Yeah. again, get, for me, it was just such a, a, a trip down memory lane and, uh, I just, yeah, just love this movie. Just love this movie. Um, Let's uh, let's take a look at. I wanted to throw this out here. Uh, so William goes to the ABCD Nike camp, which is one of the big camps of you know the big recruiting camp and and all that other stuff. Um, loved the cameos. It, I always love oh, seeing yeah. uh before they were famous type of stuff. Yeah. D- uh, how many of those players did you pick up on, Dexter?
1: Um, uh, quite a few. Uh, well, I mean, like. The Fab five is basically all there. Yep. Um, who else did I see in there? Um, gosh. Yeah. I can't remember I can't remember off the top of my head who else was in there.
0: Those were the big um, ones that I had was the Fab five. Um C Webb, Jalen Rose, Jawan yep. Howard. Uh I can't remember if Jimmy King was there
1: or not. Uh, I think he was. I and, think I did see him okay. in uh, the um when they're like in the classroom. Okay. I think he, I think he was in there.
0: Okay. I, I should have paused it. I, I just let it roll. I didn't pause it and take a, a deep scour. Um, when William was a freshman, um, they were defeated in the game before the state tournament, and they the, 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 the opponent, I can't remember the name of the opponent, but uh, De La Salle maybe, and they had Eric Anderson who went on to play four years at Indiana for Bobby Knight there. Uh, that was a recognizable name of my high school years. Uh, so there, there was a lot of, you know, before really they were famous. Players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, what was the name of the team that that uh, Arthur beat? Uh, when he was a King. senior. King. Yeah, King. Uh, they had the, the two seven-footers, and I remember those kids being heavily, they were top recruits in the country, and th- their names escape me now, uh, but I remember those kids being like, I think one of them went to Illinois, and another one might have went to Wisconsin or something, like a Griffith might have been his name, uh, but I remember those kids being big recruits uh, after the fact. So I love seeing documentaries kind of before they were famous and, and checking yeah. that out there. So.
1: Well, I think for the story too, like it really helps you gauge the level of basketball that these guys are playing. Yeah, oh, that's a great point. When you have William at this tournament and you see the Fab Five there, you're just like, okay, yeah, this guy was that good. Like Mm -hmm. his level of play was really, really high.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I also love the dichotomy of and and I, I know you know this historically. Dexter, but living through it at the time, it's all kind of ironic looking back. Uh, The big rivalry when this was filmed was the Pistons and the Bulls, and either you were an Isaiah guy or you were a Jordan guy, and you got these two kids in Chicago, and Arthur was an Isaiah guy, and William was a a Jordan guy, and you couldn't be both. You had to be one or the other, and I thought that was an interesting uh, just a little subplot that was never really mentioned, but it was mentioned in the movie yeah. about uh the way you know just the way the kids, the two kids, looked at the game.
1: Yep, for sure. Yeah. And like you could see it in the posters and what they wore and what they called themselves. Like, yeah, you yeah. could definitely see see that little rivalry, which is yeah. awesome. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. But and I never really thought about that. When you were in Chicago at that time, about mm-hmm. how it had to be, you know, polarizing there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and as the story goes, uh, one uh, one of the reasons why Isaiah had some bitterness towards Jordan was Isaiah was a Chicago guy who was now hated in his own home city, and. Right. and because of Michael Jordan and, and most kids, you know, Arthur is kind of the exception to the rule uh, that he was a still an Isaiah guy, even though at the, at the height of Bulls mania in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, but but that was part of the reason why there was that tension between Jordan right. and Isaiah. So um, again, going in the way back machine there, Dexter. So, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, you brought this up. How many different nicknames did Arthur give himself throughout the movie?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, his parents called him man, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Man? Yeah. And then he he called himself, what was the name that he put Tuss? on his shoes? Tuss?
0: Tuss. T-U-S-S?
1: Well, why was, that was for Isaiah, oh, Thomas? Isaiah Thomas? Is it, was I, that why they call him yeah,
0: Tuss? I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, how that, uh, I, I, I know it had something to do with Isaiah Thomas, but he kind of, yeah, he just kind of said, ah. You could call me yes. this now, you know. Yep. So this is,
1: this is my nickname. Yeah, this um, is my nickname
0: now. So are
1: those the only two? I
0: think there was something was else. I want to one. say it feels like there was another one in there. Yeah,
1: I think there was too, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. So, all
0: right. Well, hey, let's jump into the categories here, Dexter. Uh, you ready to let it rip?
1: Yeah, let's do this. All right.
0: How often should you rewatch this movie?
1: This was a really tough question for me to think about. Uh-huh. Um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, like whenever it's on. Uh, whenever it's on, I will watch it. And and I even put this on my notes here of, like, the length of the movie matters because you have to have quite a large section of your day planned out if you're going to yeah. sit down and watch it from start to finish. But I do think that when it's on, it's easy. They did such a good job of being able to just, like, hop in whenever yeah, and and watch it. So, you know, to watch the full film start to finish, I'm not sure... When that is, but if you have seen it before and you kind of know where to pick up on, mm-hmm. I think when it's on, you watch it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 I like you know. I, I said that earlier. You know that that you can just kind of jump in when you see it on an HBO or whatever. Uh, I, I think watching it, you know, start to finish, if you can, if you can watch it start to finish every two years or so, I think that's great. And again, just because of the length of it, uh, right. it, it just it just makes it hard to sit down and watch in one yeah. setting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, like I said, if we get to, if we get to a certain point, uh, as we discussed, you sit down and, and get a good half hour, 45 minutes and get your basketball Jones going a little bit as yep. you're watching it. So, um, so yeah, I, that, that, that was kind of my, so I kind of had, uh, as opposed to our other ones, uh, you know, it, kind of two answers for that one, you know, yep. end to end, if you watch it every two years, it's going to be good for you. If if you but if you if it's ever on and and you just got nothing to do for a half hour, sit down and watch for a half hour uh, and, yep. and let it rip there. So, um, so after the first season of the film room, uh, Teen Wolf still holds the record. Uh, Ryan Meyer, once every thirty-seven years, we watch Teen Wolf. So, uh, your uh, congratulations, RTM. You, you you hold a record here on a pen and a napkin. So. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. <laughs> favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. And I've got, I don't I got like 10, 11, 12 of these. Oh,
1: thank you. I was going to say, like, I it's, this is, there's so many.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so let's do this. Let's do this. You give me a favorite scene. I'll see if it's on my list and, and if it's not, well, you know, we'll talk about it one way or the other and then I'll throw one of mine out and we'll just kind of go back and forth like that. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. All right. So give us one.
1: Um, what I mentioned it earlier, one of my favorite scenes is actually the opening scene of just like watching these guys on the playground, Mm -hmm. just hooping. Yeah. Like I just, and, and just the setup of all of it. Um, and just kind of where they're at in their lives and their athleticism. I, For some reason, it's kind of like the opening scene of Space Jam for me. Okay. Of like, that it just sets the tone and I'm ready to go. Like, uh, I don't know why, but I just really like that opening scene.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I did not have that one on my list. I did not have that one. On I
1: don't think list. most people would, yeah. actually. I don't kind of- know. It's just like the nostalgia of it. I hey. think just really gets
0: It's your list, Dexter. It's your list. Yeah, you I can know. do what you want to do, buddy. So, <laughs> um, one of my, uh, I'll start with this one. And the sports writers on WGN. Um, I used I- to watch that show when <laughs> I was a kid and uh, you had these these three or four crusty old sports writers who were sitting around and that's exactly what it was they would they'd be sitting there smoking cigars and they'd be talking about the local Chicago sports scene and and I became a huge Cubs fan after as did many you know millions of of people my my age uh WGN was one of the the basic cable stations that you got, and so you watch the Cubs and you're able to watch some Bulls games. And one of the shows on WGN every week, I think it was Sunday mornings, was the Sports Riders. And it was just yep. this half hour local show. And I had forgotten that they talked about William on the Sports Riders. And so I was like, Oh man, that's that that hits the nostalgia bone a little bit right there. So uh that was one Can of my I just- favorites. I love that scene too. Did they make an SNL skit about that? Well, that was the uh, uh, the, uh, the the bears up, bears up, bears up, bears up, bears oh, up. Bears that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, the, 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 they were the fans. I forget what they were called, uh, but they had the bears and the bulls and and uh, you know, just classic right. stuff. You know, when yep. they had, when they had Jordan on there, that was like the the best. You know prime time saturday night live that's mike myers and farley and all that just great stuff great stuff so i think that might have been kind of a little bit of a of a uh you know send out or a little homage to the sports writers i think they might have been doing that there with that just putting a twist on it saturday night live style so
1: yep so but yes i do that scene was awesome and just like the whole setup of all of it like, I'm pretty sure somebody's like smoking a cigar in that one too, <laughs> as they're like sitting around talking about these high school athletes. And, like, I, uh-huh. yeah, that scene was awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, Pingatori comes on as a guest and he's got his pipe. Just, oh, you guys got a cigar. Yeah. I got a pipe. Here yeah. we go, man. Let's <laughs> yep. go. So, uh, what's another one of your favorites?
1: Uh, the, so mine are a little out of order here, but okay. I liked um, hearing Dickie V talk at that camp. Yeah. Like seeing him up on stage and talking, like that was awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I kind of like was just like, oh yeah, this is uh this is what level he was, where he's meeting this guy and yeah. he's talking about his, you know, just basketball career and just like how much energy he had up on stage and just yeah yeah mm-hmm. he was awesome.
0: Yeah, I had on my list just the whole uh, Nike camp, the ABCD camp, uh, yeah. just the whole that whole six seven eight minutes. Uh, and we talked about some of the players out there. You know, they're they're talking to Bobby Knight, Kevin O'Neal. You see, Coach K there, Bobby Cremins, uh, Spike Lee's talking to the kids. Uh, yeah, like you said, you know, if Dick Vitale and Spike Lee are there, that's a really really big deal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was definitely on my list as well. Was was the the ABCD camp? Um, that's probably close to the top of my list for the film. So, um, let's see here. Uh, I liked oh um, well, let's see going through uh, William going through his recruitment during his junior year there he starts going through you know you can see Iowa and Michigan State and Illinois and all these different letters that he's getting and mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, that part of it and just kind of what the recruitment process was like back in that day where it was a lot of snail mail and that type of yep. stuff. Now it's texting and video chat and, and video productions and all that other stuff. So uh, just contrasting the vid the, the way kids were recruited to college 30 plus years ago to the way that they're recruited now is an interesting look at things.
1: Yeah. And that, that, that also was like, one of the things that I thought was really funny too was like when Marquette comes to like recruit him, and you have the VHS video of them. Oh, it's yes. like, I was just, that's so great. Uh, like I love that so much. Them just piecing together their season and stuff. Like, yeah, I, that was awesome.
0: I hope they rewound the video before they returned it to Blockbuster. That's the only I, thing <laughs> they had to do. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I hope they had the. I hope they had the quick rewinder. You
0: <laughs> <just slide laughs> it in, you know? oh, we had and that. Just, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we
1: had that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Because you couldn't use the. The machine to rewind it, of course. Uh, uh,
1: I had to hold down the button. I was terrible. Uh, it wasn't fast enough.
0: Yeah, oh, come on, come on, Dexter. You got to bring your game there, buddy. So, yep. Uh, um, what else? What's what's another one for you?
1: Uh, one of my favorite scenes was the difference in the bus trips.
0: Oh, that was on my list.
1: Yes, that is so funny. Of just like St. Joe's, they're in, they're sitting down. You know, he's th- saying like, think about basketball. You know, and it's really structured. And then you go to Arthur's team, and they're just like up dancing around, and it's yeah. just like playing cards in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> completely different feel.
0: And you know, we'll get into this. There, um, you know, it's definitely on my list of things to talk about with coaching lessons and things like that. But yeah, yeah, um, I, I really think that uh, even though paying a Tori is is kind of the, you know. Coach's coach in a lot of ways. Uh he left a lot of, to be desired for being really out of touch with his kids. Uh I came into that. You know, yeah. and and not really understanding what what the kids needed. He did what he needed, but I don't know how much that he did. And, again, we're painting with a very broad brush. There's 250 hours of, of footage with this whole movie, and I'm sure there's a right. bunch of stuff in there that he, he did, you know. And, and he did do a lot of things. He did talk to William about his grades and staying on top of things and how much he cared about him and all this other stuff. And I'm not I'm not saying that. But there was also a lot of situations where he, he just kind of didn't get 15-, 16-, 17-year-old kids at the same time yep you know Yep, i totally agree with that and, and, and that bus trip scene and it's only what 90 seconds long probably dexter yeah, uh yeah you know that was kind of uh, just a quick summary of of that that concept of you know him kind of being a little bit out of touch with what what you what needed to be done or what needs to be done some from time yep. to time so um sure. Another one of my favorites here. I, I had to write so many down, my handwriting's all jumbled up together. Uh, yes. Literally has nothing to do with basketball, but has everything to do with basketball. Um, Arthur's mom becoming a nurse. I love yeah, yeah,
1: that I scene. knew that's what you were going to say. That's <sighs> literally my next one to talk oh, about.
0: <laughs> I love that scene. I mean, she's so... This is something she's done for herself. Uh, she... she uh, earned it herself. She's overcome so much with her husband, um, her husband leaving the family. Him, him going through, and we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about his struggles. Uh, oh, yeah, and and she, she, man, talk about a strong lady. And and she just kept working away, and she did something to not only better herself but to better her family. But you could tell that by bettering herself you could just see her in the second half of the movie after that scene to me it just seemed like she was a different woman after that I point agree. you know i totally agree i love that scene i love that scene
1: i i'm 100 with you on there like you just yeah what a strong woman to be able to do that to mm-hmm. go through that while you're going through all your hardships but then like that joy and mm-hmm. just relief you see yeah um i mean that scene is awesome mm-hmm. i i love it so much
0: yep uh, I got about three three or four more here. So your turn, Dexter.
1: Um, of course, when they beat King, uh, that's one of my favorite scenes of just like of Arthur, you know, them overcoming and beating this big school. And like they do such a good job of you like pointing, like painting a portrait of you of like for you that they, these are the they were the number one team in the nation last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. they've got these huge dudes on the court and you know when you see it you're like oh my gosh they have no shot yeah um but then you know to see them beat beat them and just the joy that arthur has especially because he's you know his journey is just so much different Mm -hmm. um that was a really cool scene for me
0: yeah um Around that same time period in the film, and I agree with you, that's a great scene. And the whole the whole tournament run that that Arthur yeah. goes on for his senior year is, is terrific yep. to watch. Uh, but within that time period, I really and and I don't know why it hit me differently this time. And I kind of forgotten about this uh, this scene. Uh, Arthur's return to St. Joe's on, and unfortunately, it's the oh, night that yeah. William loses his his last game. But uh, it was just great to see uh, all of those, uh, you know, kids. Hey, Arthur, how you doing? You know that type of thing. And and here's this kid that's just gone through so much with his dad, with his mom. You know, having power shut down, and he and they basically they didn't kick him out of school, but they were not doing much to keep him there. And yeah, and yeah. and and just to have that, uh, just to have that you know, acceptance back again, at least for just a, a couple of hours for him. I felt really good for Arthur in that yep. scene. So uh, yep. I really like that one.
1: Yeah. I have that one on my list as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just, that's really cool. I can only imagine how he was feeling. And then, you know, as he's talking to the coach after the game and he's like, "I oh, could have used you, you know, yeah. like I can, I can just imagine what he's thinking. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and I agree with you. Like, It's not like they were kicking him out, but they definitely weren't doing anything to really keep him around. So yeah, that was a cool scene for him. Yeah,
0: yep. Uh, What other ones you got here?
1: Um, I just liked when the scenes where you're seeing the recruiting process Mm -hmm. and how different it is. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Marquette compared to uh, Mineral Area uh, Junior College. Yes, Yes, that was on my list. That was on my list, yep.
1: (laughs) Just having them like... Then they just the way that they talk about it too Mm -hmm. of like uh, (laughs) of like uh, seeing how well even when they're saying like the blacks live in this building
0: yeah when when
1: they say that out loud I'm like what yeah Uh, yeah
0: Yeah. that's that's a little cringe (laughs) in 2022 yeah
1: oh my gosh I'm like what are we doing I can't believe that they just said that yeah um and so yeah you you just but you see how. They're in this little dorm, and it's, yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was on my list, um, especially Arthur's Arthur's recruitment to the junior college. Uh, last one on mine, um, and, and maybe this hits me differently uh, because I've gone through this a few times, uh, the commonality of both sets of parents sending their kids off to college. And loading them up, and you know, you're you're really you're kind of releasing your kids to the world there, and it's 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 really really hard, especially when it's your oldest, uh, to, and uh, uh, and and for for William, his brother Curtis left before that, obviously, but it's it's you know, uh, you know, having gone through this, and you know, like I've said on the pod a few times, you know, we're we're empty nesters now for for a month and a half, and you know that that to me was just. Uh, a little bittersweet to watch, you know, watching your your kids go off and and you know they're not going to be at your house every night anymore uh, for the time being, and so that uh, that was that was a little that was a little tough to watch, uh, but it was good. I mean, I liked it, I liked it, but you know, just kind of the commonality of here's been William's journey, here's been Arthur's journey, but they're both moving on at the same time, and and I thought that was a great way to kind of uh, put a put a bow on the film.
1: I, that's actually my last one on mine as well oh okay um but for a different reason like, it doesn't give me the same feelings that it does you but for me, I just thought like seeing that a little bit of sadness but also like that pride yeah for them of like we did it we we got them out of here they're gonna go do their own thing um and just like you know seeing their future on basketball like i I really did like that scene too
0: okay so out of all these scenes, I think we have three or four in common. Uh we've got the A B C D camp. We've got <clears throat> Arthur's return to Saint Joe. We've got Arthur's mom becoming a nurse. Uh and the recruitment. Yeah, we I guess we have more in common than what we thought. Uh yeah. the, re- the recruitment and the kids leaving for college. So out of those four or five, which one is your favorite, Dexter? You gotta pick one.
1: Even though it's not basketball, like the mom becoming a nurse is is my favorite scene. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know why that is, but that mm-hmm. is, I just, yep. I love seeing people succeed, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. I, I would put, I, I would either pick that one or the, the Nike camp. Uh, But yeah. I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to roll with you on. I'm, I'm, on, on that I'm with you well. there too. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So, uh, best scene. Now we get into worse. And for me, you, you, there's no really bad scenes. Uh, but there's just you know, and, and this is the great thing about the film. It's it's the ups and downs of these kids over four years as they're trying to achieve their hoop dreams. And and there's a lot of stuff that uh, is kind of tough to watch. And uh, and so when I say for me, when I say worst scenes for me in this movie, it's uh, just kind of the stuff that's that's God that stinks for William yeah. or or Sheila or Bo or whomever it may be. So. Uh, let's kind of do the, uh, I've got one, two, um, three, four, five, s- about six, six or seven things here on this one as well, uh, Dexter. six as well. Six yep. as well. All right. So let's do the same thing. You want me to start on this one? Sure. Okay. Um, top of my list or not top of my list, but my first one here, uh, is, is watching Arthur, uh, again, not getting kicked out of St. Joe's, but they're not too um anxious to keep him uh they're not working very hard to keep him as opposed to william just happens to be picked to be the sponsored child of the president of the encyclopedia britannica company here uh so uh and and the mom uh, sheila talking about uh how she felt hoodwinked uh by saint joe's by big earl we'll talk about big earl here in a little bit uh, you know so that you know just seeing the other side of it is is really tough you know just so so watching arthur go through that part of it just really really hard and difficult i just i i I don't think they treated him very well
1: right yeah i i don't have that on my list but i do um yeah those scenes are really tough and i you know i have that I'm sure we'll talk about it later, too. But, yeah, I mean, the, it's just crazy to see these two guys and the way that they're treated completely different because of their basketball skill.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Or, uh, I guess, by sure luck, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what do you got? Um, my first one is um, when Arthur's playing at the park oh, and yeah. his dad shows up yep. and, you know, talks to him for a little bit and then you know exactly what he's doing when he... Yep. goes around the corner to yeah. buy drugs. Like yeah. That's a tough oh. scene to watch. Yeah. And I, you just put yourself in Arthur's spot there. And you're just like, oh, it's just it's tough. Yep, yep,
0: exactly. You know, um, I, I just, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just really bad. It's just really bad. And uh, you can just see the disappointment in Arthur's eyes as he's watching his dad go around the corner there. Uh, he yeah. knows, everybody knows what's going on. And he's so strung out. That you know Bo sees the camera there, and he doesn't care he's got to get his fix. and so right. yeah, it, 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 it's tough. it's tough. So uh, that one's way up there. Um, mm-hmm. so um, William missing the two free throws. Uh, I think they were down one, and he missed both free throws uh, yep. that would have won the game with four or five seconds left in the in the substate game or whatever. Uh, just, just seeing a, a great player fail on a big stage when he's got a chance to be the hero, always difficult to watch as a coach. Unless, of course, if I'm the coach of the other team, then I'm okay right. with it. Uh, yeah. But uh, in this situation, uh, and, and I tell you what, uh, and we haven't talked about this yet, uh, Dexter, both of these kids, and and I say kids, they're my age now, uh, they seem like really nice Kids, at least the way that they're portrayed on film, especially William, exactly. especially yeah. William, and and I really thought that that William just had a heart of gold, was just a just a really really nice human being, all told. And and we'll talk a lot about uh, later on. I want to go through a little "Where are they now?" type of a yeah. thing. Um, and and William today is is doing some some good things, um, but. You know, just to see a really, really great kid uh, fail in that situation was was a little that that was a little tough watch. So
1: I, I went on. I had that on my list too. I okay. totally agree with you there, uh, especially the way that they set it up too. Because in the game prior, he oh yeah hits the free throws to seal the win. Yeah. And then he has a chance to win, and you just you know how much time that kid's put in, mm-hmm. and you know like what he's going through to try to make it. Mm-hmm. And then he would want nobody else at the line, and you just never think that he's going to miss those. Yep. And and even knowing, watching it again, and knowing he's going to miss them, yeah. Somehow still hoping, like please <laughs> just on. make
0: knock case. him down this time, buddy. <laughs> knock them down this time, William.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Yep. Tough watch.
0: Uh, what else you got, Dexter?
1: Um, I have his surgeries. William's yep. surgeries are tough. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, for one, I don't – I'm not real big on that sort of stuff, watching surgeries anyway. <laughs> I I don't like it. <laughs> uh, not a fan I of like ER, are you? No. No, okay. Not, definitely not. Okay. Uh, but – Just to see them messing around in his knee, too, and just watching all the trainers testing his ACL over and over again, like, that is hard for me to watch. Mm -hmm. Just because you're like, I wish for this guy that he could have a little bit better luck during this. And and then just knowing that he's struggling through that was tough to watch.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Next one on my list, uh, William's, or not William, Arthur's friend, Shannon. And mm-hmm. his story, uh, basically succumbing to the streets, uh, succumbing to the temptations of the streets. And here you have, you know, it's it's kind of a 50-50 thing. You're either going to have the streets destroy you, or you're, you're going to fight the streets so hard that you're going to get out of the streets. And Arthur was able to find a way to just be disciplined enough, and a lot of that had to do with Sheila, uh, yep. you know, staying on top of him and, and doing that type of stuff, and, and Shannon, you know, gave in and, and got arrested for dealing drugs and, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, you know, Shannon talked about he wanted to try and do well. He just couldn't figure out how to do well. Uh, he tried to move in with Arthur's family. Uh, and again, Sheila. Just, you know, they're they're facing all of these problems and she barely has any money. She's getting, you know, public assistance. But yet she's still willing to bring in this young kid into her house despite all this chaos with her own family. Uh, So I I really, I really, uh, you know, I I just, you know, just a sad story. Just a a sad story of of that there. So that was that was on my list.
1: Yep. Um, My next one is uh, the film room uh, when he's watching, we already talked about it a little bit when Pigan is just like, he's sitting there and he's got his pipe in and he's watching film, but also just, I felt it was so hard every time he mentions Isaiah. Yeah. Like you just, you gotta let it go. You had a great player. Mm -hmm. William is not that player. Yeah, just, I just know I had that experience. Um, when I, I, it puts me in the exact same spot of yeah. watching film with my coach, um, being a freshman or sophomore, and him being like, "Well, he did this, and he did this, and he did this," and I just want yeah. to be like, "I'm not that. I don't have the same skill set. Yeah. I don't, you know." Yeah. And so I that was just hard for me to watch, and it put me in that spot. I remember sitting there with my coach, being like, "Okay, well, I'm not him." Yeah. And so yeah,
0: Isaiah was Isaiah. Let William be William.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, last one I have on my list is, uh, kind of in association with that, uh, Williams post banquet as a senior uh, at the end there. And again, uh, coach Pingatori not really having the pulse of the situation and he gets up in front of all these, all of his, his entire program. And, and he's, uh, you know, uh, it's no secret that this season was a disappointment. Oh, uh, and I was like, dude, uh, I mean, just, you know, and, and William says, you know, when I came to St. Joe's, it was basketball, basketball, basketball. But to be honest with you, uh, I'm tired of basketball. And, and Pingatori and took the, the love of the game away from me is, is essentially what he insinuates. And, you know, it's hard to argue that as you're Ugh. watching that whole thing play out there. So um, just, just, you know, read the room, Gene, read the room.
1: Oh gosh. it's I have that on my list too of, we've all had those seasons where like you do have big dreams and, and something happens or a player gets hurt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then you just never let, you can't, just say oh this is a huge disappointment like yeah. they already feel bad yeah come on <laughs> come yeah. on coach come yeah. <laughs> off like, a little bit here yeah um and then my last uh worst scene actually is a little bit more lighthearted it was at uh that junior college was it mineral
0: yeah mineral area junior college yep
1: yeah so is when they're meeting with the coach and, and don't know if you pick it up in the background you see his poster? I don't remember it. It's a, it's a spin off the Nike Just Do It. Uh-huh. And it's just this lady in a bikini and says, Just undo it. <laughs> oh, and I'm geez. like, What? I, you're sitting there with an athlete trying to get him to come to your college. And you've got that in the background, like different times. Yeah. So just like, What yeah. are you thinking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was the early '90s. We we had issues back then, Dexter. You were just yes, learning how right. to walk, and these are the things that yes. we're dealing with. All right. So, it's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, that's a good point. I did not see that. I didn't notice it. So, uh, but I, I I will take your word for it. So yeah, not, um, not one
1: of my favorite seats. All
0: right, so we got we got two or three in common here. Kind of the top ones here. Uh, William getting hurt. Uh, Bo buying drugs. And Williams postseason banquet, I, I think, are kind of in our top three. Uh, yeah. There, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Bo buying the drugs. That's just that's Shame. just yeah, that's, just just yeah. just tough, hard to watch. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, "Strip the house down to the studs." I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, basketball realism, I, it's it's an A+. I mean, it's a A+++, to quote uh, our pod with Tony Chapman here. Um, I mean, you, you can't get any more real than than what we have here. I mean, almost three hours of real-life footage. Uh, it's not doctored. It's, it's not... It's not cut up in a in a certain way. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they made editing decisions, but it's as real as real can be, in my opinion. And and I think that's the charm of the movie. I think that's what makes it great.
1: Yeah. So I have a plus 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 as well. Yeah. Um. But you know, I just think that it does, and it just does it just does so well to show just different journeys. Like it shows the whole spectrum of basketball, mm-hmm. the highly recruited, the not highly recruited, uh, the injury, the one that makes it through without injury, like, and, you know, the Cinderella and the, the you know, getting slayed by David, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> William just falling short, you yep. know? So I, I just think, yeah, it's just so great, yeah. uh, well made, and I yeah, you get to see all different spectrums of basketball. So I give it an A plus as well.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's. Uh, I'm I'm going to switch up the order a little bit here, Dexter, because I think like our okay. best coaching advice and basketball lessons learned, I think they're going to kind of morph into uh, kind of. There's going to be a lot of crossover there. So For sure. uh, so I want to jump into best lines, best lines of the movie. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. T- I got I got ten of them written down. I actually had to start writing down the best lines on the back of my sheet here. Uh, so uh, you want me to you want me to start this out here, sir?
1: Um, oh, I can. I'll start this one out. Okay. It's my turn.
0: All right, go ahead. Okay, hey, that's fine. Best lines. Uh, uh, go ahead.
1: Um one of my favorite quotes and because i think a lot of kids go through this uh, is when william says everyone that i know is a coach
0: yes that's on my list
1: because it's just it, it it's so it's just it's so true with so many kids like so many kids their parents is a, their parents are a coach and you know their friend is a coach and their aunt is a coach and mm-hmm. they just they get so much thrown at them especially yes. when you're really good yes that it, it's hard like it's hard for people just to watch and enjoy everybody wants to critique and so it's like let this kid play the game yes. let the coaches coach and let this kid play yes you know?
0: yes and if you are somebody that is listening to this that is just you know just just hanging out but there's a good player in your community don't coach him you know, uh, if you're not a coach, they've got coaches. They, they have people try to tell them what to do, and, and and just just let a kid be a kid. You know, support them, and and hey, hey, great game the other night. Keep it going, that type of stuff. That's what those kids need. That's what William needed. Uh, he didn't need his brother in his ear all the time and all this other stuff. And so I agree. That was that was one of my ten, Dexter. So I like that one. Um, kind of summarizing. Uh, a lot of this particular character's journey. Very yeah. early in the movie, uh, Bo Agee said, uh, "I don't want to grow up." I, I think is when he found out that uh, I think they uh, that Arthur had a sister that's a year or two older than him, and I, I think Bo and Sheila uh, got pregnant together uh, pretty young in life. And uh Bo was all about playing ball and doing this and doing that, and he, you know, he told Sheila when he when she told him that she was pregnant. He said, "Well, I don't want to grow up yet." And I think that summarizes a lot of his journey throughout the movie. That that this was a guy that really didn't embrace the responsibilities of being a father and being a husband and a, yeah. a, a breadwinner and and having to make those difficult choices of my life For or sure. my family's life. And and I thought that was kind of a uh, an interesting quote very early on in the film.
1: Yeah. Um, to kind of go along with that, my next one was uh, just to kind of see the struggle. um, was when Arthur's mom said, some kids don't get to see this age. Yeah. When he turned on well, his 18th birthday. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. Okay, they're definitely living in a different community. Like, like when we're rejoicing the fact that he's 18 years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: That, that was one that just struck me. Where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is the accomplishment. Yeah. Is yeah. Is having my child live to 18.
0: Yeah, makes you really re uh, reevaluate uh your kid's life in Ord or my kid's life in Omaha here, where uh you know that's kind of taken for granted that that's going to happen unless you know, yeah, you know don't want to go down that road definitely so right um this was not intended to be funny uh but it's a it's a funny quote, and uh again, may he rest in peace uh but Curtis Gates, Williams brother. Uh, I found this, again, kind of what you were talking about with William, where he says, you know, uh, everyone around me wants to be my coach. Um, yeah. Curtis Gates, uh, early on in the film, I know a whole lot about basketball. I guess in so many words, I feel like I'm a pro at that in my mind. Um, <laughs> thank, you, <Coach> yeah. <laughs> thank you, Coach Gates. Thank you, Coach Gates. Yeah,
1: that that is on my list. Okay. And I just <laughs> – I think it's great because, like, I – There are just so many people out there like that. that Yes. They just like, oh yeah, I'm a pro at basketball, of knowing basketball in my mind. Uh, Yeah, I just, the way he said it, and again, it wasn't meant to be funny and RIP, but that was... I just, I cracked up when I watched that too. Yeah. I just, yeah. oh my gosh.
0: I, I had to rewind it because I wanted to make sure I had the exact quote exactly yeah. right. And so I rewound that like three different times to make sure I had it word for word correctly. So, uh but again, you know, like we said, you know, that, that summarizes his relationship with his brother. Yep, and and, for and sure. how many times did w- William said it three or four times during the movie that he's living his hoop dreams through me. And right. uh you know that's 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 part of it. So
1: that that's yeah. one of my my next quote. Actually, is Curtis shouldn't be living his dream through me. Yes, um, because you see that too of like so many people that want to live vicariously mm-hmm. through these mm-hmm. athletes, mm-hmm. and and I think I just find that fascinating when you see his relationship with his brother and how it becomes. It's i just wish that they could have had a different relationship yes. you know what i mean where it, yeah. it's not like i'm trying to coach you i'm trying to push you i'm trying to do this like more of a support more of a because you see curtis a lot during this where he's saying where he will he refuses to make any excuses for william at all yeah and he's like well he should have not been out there you know uh, the, but yeah. I kind of agree with Williams' uncle, where he I think is his uncle, brother-in-law. He's like he, it's oh brother-in-law, where yep. yeah, he's like he shouldn't have been out there. Yeah, and the Curtis is just like no, no excuses. Can't yeah. give him anything. I can't give him an inch. I got to keep pushing. I got to keep pushing. Yeah. I wish that you could have been more of a support. You yeah, know?
0: yeah, yeah. He didn't need another coach. He needed a brother. You know, yeah. Uh, kind of along this same relationship, Williams talking about uh, Curtis. And he says it was like my injury was making him look bad, um, and again, kind of that living vicariously through his through his brother. Uh, that was another one on my list. Uh, just again, mm-hmm. summarizing that relationship there. So, um, here's uh, Sheila Agee. Uh, you know, sometimes it's 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 here today and gone tomorrow. And boy, that you know, in her situation, she's talking about different things, but you know, we can't take anything for granted in life, in, in anything that we do. And and so, uh, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow and, and she really recognizes that. And, uh, yeah, so that was another one on my list, just kind of summarizing her whole journey (laughs) throughout the film of, you know, every time you think she's got it moving forward, something happens. And then, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I actually had that one as well. Okay. Um, and I had it, well, it kind of reminded me of one of the one of your film rooms that you've done uh with another coach, can't remember which one it was, but you talked about how you left the game for a little bit and about how winning became more of a relief than anything. More yeah. than, there was no there wasn't as much joy in it how when you came back you were gonna just really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so I had listened to that podcast. Um, I watched the movie and I just thought that yeah, that's so true. Like I, it's here today, gone tomorrow. I don't know what the season brings, but like you've got to embrace and you've got to enjoy those moments. Um, and so that kind of goes along with my next quote was uh, became more of a job. And you talked about it earlier about oh. when Williams said that about how basketball became more of a job to him. And I think that a lot of oh. coaches we do that over and over again, where oh. we, you know, we push these kids and we push these kids and want to give them these opportunities but some we forget sometimes that this is a game mm-hmm. and we gotta not make it a job and when mm-hmm. it becomes a job it's no longer fun, fun for them and you, i think mm-hmm. you see it a lot with like college athletes too yeah. Yeah. um where it does become more of a business and it's just important for us high school coaches to be yeah yeah it's, yeah. But let's not take it quite as serious as what we do and I got I'm the worst at that probably so <laughs> well, I gotta take a step back and just, yeah, yeah, yeah enjoy those things.
0: Well let's go uh, another one on my list with Luther Bedford here uh, later in the movie they were talking about how King was you know they recruited all the schools for uh, all the grammar schools in Chicago for the best talent and that type of thing and and kind of piggybacking on what you're saying he says uh, during that uh, part there uh, we don't understand what we're doing to these kids. Um, and that goes to what happened with Arthur. Arthur, excuse me. You know, he, he's the poster child for big Earl comes rolling in and he starts watching him on the playground and he tells him about St. Joe's and, 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 you know, big Earl had a, a bit of a mea culpa at the end of the movie. Uh, he he didn't apologize, but he kind of apologized without apologizing. He he gave a, a half-hearted apology, and I think there was a big part of him that felt bad about what happened with Arthur and the way that Saint Joe's treated him, and so forth and so on. And uh, you know, Luther Bedford kind of and and you know, we deal with this with our own programs, Dexter. I'm sure you deal with it <coughs> in 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 your situation. I know I deal with it where. You know, you've got to put in the work with your programs and and you have to be um, protective of your program. You've got to make sure that, you you know, your kids get in the gym, Uh, just like the cross-country coach wants to make sure that they get in a certain amount of miles or the volleyball coach wants them to get in a certain amount of swings and, and all this other stuff. But we... You know, sometimes, and I've said this for a long time. Sometimes we as adults screw it up for the kids, uh, especially since about this time period, uh, the late '80s, the early '90s, where things just kind of turned. And yeah. and uh, you know, we have to be really, really careful of that. And and that's something I try to keep in mind. I, I I hope I do a good job. It is my intention to do a good job. Of you know, I want my kids to be kids while we're getting in the work that we need to get in, so that they can achieve what they say they want to achieve. Um, and, and I think that's the hard part, but I think Luther Bedford hits the nail on the head here with that. You know, we just don't understand what we're doing to these kids at such a young age. Uh, and it's only, it's only going to get worse, uh, unfortunately, because the, the trend is ticking in, in that direction. And then that's what makes it difficult.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, to talk about that too, i I've kind of the last couple of years taking more of a step back of you know trying to do more with less you know Uh less time in the gym uh but really utilizing the time that we're in the gym like Mm -hmm. i haven't and i've kind of been like this ever since i started coaching is if a kid wants to be in the gym i'll be in the gym with them Uh uh you know they just gotta let me know and i'll be in and i'll work but i don't have like scheduled times where our team all comes in and does things anymore like i just If if an individual wants to come in and shoot or a group wants to come in and shoot, I'll Mm -hmm. do that and I will work with them. But otherwise, um, yeah, I try to let them embrace their season um, and let them do their thing. And if they feel like, okay, I feel fresh enough or motivated enough to come in and work, I'll come in and work.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Uh, How many more quotes you got, Dexter? I'm done. Okay. I've got, I think uh about three more here um we got uh speaking of kind of what we're talking about with the kids here uh at the abcd camp there was a guy and again because you were only you know learning how to walk in 1991 you probably don't (laughs) remember bob gibbons and the recruiting guru he, he was the recruiting guru before the espn 100 and all of that other stuff he was one of those guys and uh again kind of Uh, talking about this. Um, It's already a meat market. I try to do my job by serving professional meat. And that's how he kind of justified his position of tailing around these 15, 16, 17-year-old kids and putting out his Bob Gibbons uh, recruiting report and all of that type of thing. So that was a tough one, uh, or that was an interesting quote there, which is, you know, that's what those folks do. So, uh, William. Towards the end of his experience at St. Joe, and we were talking about the bus ride earlier, Um, it it feels like we never just get to play, is what William says, and I think I I forget, I think it was Don Meyer that said it. Um, You you have the type of coach that is so organized, that is so. on top of things with the system and all of this other stuff that they're always going to be really good, but they're never going to be great because they re- they refuse to just let the kids take over the game, uh, from time to time, let the players take over the game and they're never yeah. going to achieve a championship because they're always going to be just tight at the end of big games because they're almost too programmed. And when he said that, that reminded me of Pingatori. Um, and, and you know, he had been at St. Joe at this point since 1969, and he still hadn't won a state championship with all that talent that had rolled through his school. And I get Illinois high school basketball is highly competitive. I'm not saying that it's right, easy to right. win a state championship yep. in Illinois. But I think that's part of the reason why he probably struggled in those situations uh, is, is that. And we'll kind of get into that basketball lessons learned. And then um, the last quote. And in three hours of footage, William Gates is – about the nicest most polite kid you could ever imagine in this situation with all this attention on him but i love 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 this quote the last time that william and ping are together in ping's office and and they're talking and william goes i'm going i'm going into communications so that when you ask for a donation i know the right way to turn you down And I'm like,
1: that is such a good. I do remember that. Oh,
0: William, (laughs) William. So it's between that one and Curtis's one about. I know a whole lot about basketball. Is my two favorite quotes of the movie. Which one you got, Dexter?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I don't even have. I didn't even have that one as my best quote. But like, that is so good. I (laughs) and I did. I can't believe I didn't write it down because I am watching it and. And I even went back and put subtitles on. So I, cause I thought, did he just throw out a zing right there? Yeah. And so then I, I rewatched it and I'm like, I can't believe I didn't write that one down. But yes, that is a fantastic quote. Yeah. I love that one.
0: So which, which one you got between those two? Yeah, that one for sure. That one. Yeah. Yep. That for me. Yep. Exactly. Um, yep. That's my favorite one with, you know, um, With Curtis's uh, zen-like qualities as a basketball coach, uh, being a close second, being a close second. Yes, for sure. Yep. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available for you, to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a, pen and a at gmail.com for details. Um, the Dom Pagnati sleaziest character of the movie, and for me, and I really wanted to talk this one through, uh, Dexter. We're hitting the hour mark, so this is this is going to be the longest film room. Uh, but that's okay; it's the longest movie. We got the most stuff to talk about. So, uh, but the the Dom Pagnati sleaziest character of the movie. Usually, it was pretty easy to pick out just one person and narrow it down pretty quick. But I'll be honest: this is the first movie I had where I had multiple candidates for the dom pagnati sleaziest character of the movie uh i don't know where you're at i'm gonna i'm gonna let you lead here on this one dexter uh because i want to hear your opinion before i throw out my my four candidates and i think my four candidates are pretty obvious but uh you you tell me what you got
1: well i have four as well
0: oh okay Um, all right
1: so i have earl smith
0: yep he's on my Um, list
1: but again, you kind of alluded to it because at the beginning of the film, you're just like this kid, this guy totally took advantage of this kid and his family. And, you know, you just you. Th- but he does show up later and you do feel like, does he act- is it actual remorse? Does he actually feel bad about what it, what happened? Um, so, yeah, he kind of had a little bit of a turnaround for me. But, yes, he was yes. definitely on my list for worst characters.
0: And that honestly. and that. So. So before we go any further. He was on my list, but out of the four, because of the turn at the end of the movie and that type of thing, or towards the end of the movie, uh, he is fourth out of four on my list here of of of, of, of mine. So so yep. now we've narrowed it down to the top three.
1: Okay. Um, I have Arthur's dad. Oh, okay.
0: Ding, um, ding, 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 ding. All right. So uh, what do you got?
1: I mean, for it's hard because, again, he has some redeeming qualities but it's just that that is tough for me mm-hmm. um like his, his whole thing is tough um and you know, you know he has his own struggles and i totally get that but you just want him to put his family first mm-hmm. uh and so it was hard for me to not put him as a worse character
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, yep and, and i had the same thing uh you know and again i understand addiction i've had people in my orbit um that have struggled with addiction in their life, so I, I understand the the pull and the power of addiction. Uh, but like you said, at some point you've got to put your family first. Um, right. And uh, you know you can fail at a lot of things, but you can't fail being a father. In my opinion, right. you know that right. is that is your number one. That is your number one job in this world. If you are a father, the number one thing you have to do is be a father. And. Yep. Um, That's the hard thing. Now, he tried. I I, got to give him some credit for trying to get clean. He did get clean for a time. I think he was pretty clean the rest of his life. Um, And, you know, so I I think that he did succeed in that, whether him and Sheila always got along after that. That's another thing. His relationship with Arthur. That's, you know, uh, so, again, I, I think we're going four to three uh, and I would put Bo at number three uh, in my Dom Pagnati category here for this for this one. So
1: um, I also have Curtis as one of them. Oh,
0: okay, um, all right. We are rolling like a river.
1: Um, just because, yeah. You, like I alluded to, like I just wish he could have been a brother. I just felt like, man, he, you're just you're making it hard on everybody by wanting to relive your own glory days. But then also, when you look at the footage of him. When he was younger, like wow, yeah, mm-hmm. that that dude had bounce, and yeah. he looked really good, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But he just yes was stubborn and yep. and 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 just you know uh, was not easy to coach, and you could tell you could just you know he had an opinion on everything, and and so yeah, and and I, I really think that. Um, in his warped view, he had the best interests of William in mind. He was trying to do what right. he thought was best for William, but he really wasn't doing what was best for William. And as a younger guy, you know, he's only a couple of he, he's he's not that much older than William, uh, so he, you know, you, you try and give him a little bit of a pass because of that, because he's just. You know, a young guy who's, who's, who's struggling with... Uh, you know, he's got some struggles as well. You know, he, he just has a high school education. Um, he's he's unemployed for an extended period of time. Uh, he only gets the job at Encyclopedia Britannica because of William. Um, so, you know, that type of thing. Um, right. Y- you know, but he also created a lot of his own problems as well. Yes. So, yeah. and by proxy of that... He created problems for william and he made william's life harder rather than easier right yeah correct yeah yep. so is he number two on your list then
1: uh i did not put him in order
0: but i think that's kind of the way we're evolving here so okay all right so who, who's um, your last one
1: well then i have an honorable mention too okay Actually, i guess i had five okay um counting's hard um <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you I, teach again uh, PE, so okay, all that, right. Well, okay, makes, we, we get it, crazy. we get it, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually have this the school, as one yes,
0: of them. I love it, okay. And I was thinking of this while we were rolling through it and how we were going to find a way to fit it in. Uh, but talk to me, Goose, what do you got?
1: But, well, no, I just think that St. Joe's they just it, it it was a bad look for them. Yes. The whole situation with Arthur. Yes, and like you can say you want the best for kids. Say you want the best for kids, but when they held on to his grades because they needed their whatever it was $1, fifteen hundred dollars eighteen
0: eighteen hundred $1, dollars.
1: Yeah, eighteen hundred dollars that they, they wouldn't. They held on to his transcript so they he couldn't like graduate. Yeah. um or get credit for his classes. Like that was a tough look for me. Yeah. And then, you know, like having them, the family come in and then talk about their payments that they needed. Like that was, yeah, I did not really like that.
0: Yes. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, as you well know, as, as, as a lot of listeners know, I taught and coached at a private school for 22 years altogether, 19 at one place. And so I understand uh, the importance of tuition And that is the lifeblood of a private school. Uh, However, however, and I guess, you know, at the at the end of that meeting, uh, the the uh, the the finance director uh, said, if you pay two months, if you show me a goodwill payment of two months, then I'll release his transcripts in September so he can uh, get that going. You know, at least there was that bit of compromise with it at that point uh but yeah i i it was not i i think you put it well dexter it, at the very least it was not a very good look on saint joe's uh i think uh sometimes uh private schools a lot of the time private schools get a, a an unfair uh shake in, in a lot of the things that happen, right. you know, um, right. you know, there's there's all these different accusations of this, that, and the other thing. Well, this kid's, you know, and and Saint Joe is, is different from any of the parochial school situations that I've been in. You know, they they blatantly gave out athletic scholarships essentially right. to right. kids. You know, and and, and I can say yeah. I could say we never did that in in either. In any of the private schools that I was ever in, uh, there was none of that, you know, we're going to give you a, a wink and a nod and let you go here for free because you're a great at that never happened. Absolutely 1000% never happened. And there was no favoritism in any way, shape or form for any sort of talented person like that. So um, but when and it's a fine line, it's still a business, you still have to make ends meet. And we know how uh, a lot of private schools struggle. Uh, because they have to raise tuition uh, in order to afford good teachers. You know, 80% of of the budget goes towards your, your educators, your staff, your faculty, uh, and you want to pay them well, so you keep good teachers at your institution. So uh, you do have to have that business side of thing, but you also, uh, you know, St. Joseph's being a, a Catholic institution, we are supposed to be doing this for the good of the children and that type of thing, uh, right. it, it, it just it's it's not the best look in the world for a private school. I would agree with you there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was not yeah, not a good look.
0: Yeah. So um number one.
1: Who do you got for your number one?
0: I think we know who we're gonna say. Coach Ping?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I mean you just there's multiple times where you're just like I I Well, when William's talking about, so uh, when he has a a daughter, right? He has a daughter, and he's just talking to his coach about it and about how his family's kind of given a tough time. Like he's trying to make a career out of basketball, and they're saying they're not spending enough time with their daughter. And yeah, the coach's advice is just like, yeah, drop them. Screw them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, drop them. Yeah. And, and he's just like, "What kind of advice is that?" And yeah. and I think you alluded to it. Like William is a good kid, and he's trying to be a good dad. And as a high school kid, it's tough. Yeah, and it, it's and it's hard. When it's you're hard. It's hard. Recruited and yeah, yeah. It's I mean, hard when you're
0: yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. You know, how old were you when you became a father, Dexter?
1: I was twenty four years old. Yeah, I think no, I was. I was. How old was I? Now, that's a good question. I was 27 years old. I got married at
0: 24. Okay, yeah, I think I was 25 or 26. No, I was tw- I was 24, 25. I was 25 when uh, when our oldest was born. It was hard being a dad at 25. uh, Absolutely. uh, uh You know, 25, 26. It's still hard being a dad at, at 48, almost 49, uh, let alone when you're 16 years old. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and here's Pingatori that, that can just come in and, and really be the, you know, uh, just the, the 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 father that that William doesn't have in his life. Uh, I mean, he's in it for one scene, you know. Uh, but golly, just the, he, you know, William said it. You know, he's obsessed with basketball. That's the only thing he can talk about. And and I think one of the the lessons, and, and we'll get into this here in a little bit. Uh, you know, one of the lessons is just. We got to remember that your kids are kids, and 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 you know, we're we're not dealing with this type of situation very often as coaches in, in this particular direct situation where you have a player who has a child. Uh, but just in general, that uh, when we're in the season, our players are spending more time with us than they are with their parents. Probably, right. and right. and so we are. We have to be there to to teach them those life lessons, as well as closeouts and jump shots and rebounding technique and all these other things. And and man, and, and again, it, it's hard because we're only limited to the three hours that we have in the film. And I'm right. really hoping right. and praying that there was more there with it. But man, it's it's a it's a bad look for Coach Pink. I, I sure tell you. the
1: way that the way that the film kind of portrays him i think it's hard not to put him as worst character um but yeah and, and you and i think that this one thing as coaches and it was maybe different back in 91 um but
0: well let me tell you about now, 1991 dexter let me tell you all right but, <laughs> l- but
1: nowadays like you 100 percent have to have this relationship with kids because they're going through so much in so many different areas um and and they're just I just really do think that you have to build that relationship. You have to see them as as humans first and then basketball players, and that's how you get the most out of them too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just really didn't think he did a good job of building that relationship with with William.
0: Well, and I think when you are in certain situations, um, for Pingatori, like like the way he treated Arthur, uh, the way the school treated Arthur, the way Arthur's whole situation right. was handled, okay, Arthur doesn't work out, kick him to the side. We'll just bring in somebody else that'll figure it out. You know? Um, And again, kind of bad look on paying bad look on the school. And, you know, William is the exception, but because he was so talented, again, one of the top 100 recruits in the country, uh, allegedly at that time. And, and so, you know, if let's put it like this, if, if, Here's the question I want to pose, Dexter. If Ping is this transactional with William, how do you think he treated the rest of the guys on the team within the program?
1: Well, that, that's another thing, too, is you see it sometimes where I think it was maybe William's junior year, maybe sophomore year, when he started to like ask him questions like, you think that these guys are any good? Oh yeah, you know, like, and yeah. they're conversing like that, and you're just like, "I, I just don't know if I am agreeing with the way that you are coaching right now." Yeah, yeah, and the way that you're treating the other guys. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and this kind of, you know, in his defense, it, and we let's let's try to look at it from all sides again. And I kind of lived through this a little bit more than you did, Dexter. You were kind of on the tail ends, a uh, tail end of this. Uh, But this comes out of the Lombardi, Bobby Knight. Everything's got to be screaming, yelling, cussing, and and pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, The psychology of coaching has changed so drastically since that that time period. And in Ping's defense, that's what I'm sure he grew up with. That's the way that he knew how to do it. Uh, But again... Uh, he ended up winning two state championships, but with all of that talent that he had, and again, Illinois is a hard place. There's a lot of basketball talent in the state of Illinois, yeah, right. Uh, right. but goodness gracious sakes alive, there might be a bit of a correlation with the way his teams didn't close at the end of the season with the relationships that he did not build, uh, the Great. way that he handled a lot of that stuff. I, I, I think that's that plays into it as well. And, and, For I, sure. and I wasn't there. The only thing, the, like I said, the only experience I have with this with this person is is the three hours of this movie. I did think it was. I, I really love this. I don't know if you noticed this or not, Dexter. Marshall is down at the state tournament. Arthur's having a great state tournament, and I believe it was during the the quarterfinal game where they upset the the, the number three team. Um, they did a quick two second yeah. flash yeah. to ping in the crowd and I would give your monthly paycheck to wonder what was going through his head as he watched Arthur out there playing playing at that in that uh, circumstance.
1: Yeah, I know. I would be great to know. Yeah. So, all right. Um,
0: best storyline, Dexter. God,
1: I literally have for this the whole film. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know what the best storyline is. There's uh-huh. so many different storylines through it. Yep. and i i would love to know what yours is and i'll go with it okay okay <laughs> cuz i don't think there's all a bad right. answer here i don't
0: think there is either i don't think there is either if i had to pick one thing uh the one feel good amongst a lot of you know a lot of tragedy a lot of triumph uh arthur's rebound from after getting out of getting kicked out of st joe's didn't go to school for a couple of months all of these other things to ultimately finding a way to get out of Chicago, go to the junior college, uh, not to give away too much for the end of the podcast, but he, he, he succeeded. Um, Right. And, and, and I, you know, William kind of went through these trials and tribulations, uh, but he always had that safety net. He always had Ping looking out for him. He had Encyclopedia Britannica looking out for him. A lot of you know, Arthur only had Arthur uh, at a lot of points. and, um and he had Sheila uh right. but but Sheila was not able to provide him a lot of the things that that William was able to be provided with as he went through his ups and downs and and I think for Arthur despite all of this stuff to find a way uh to move on from the from from his neighborhood and his circumstances to me that is ultimately the best storyline of the movie I agree with you okay all right. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, no, but I agree with you. There's, there's no real bad storylines. So, yeah. Uh, let's just get into the coaching stuff. Let's just let's kind of lump all this together. We we usually have three best coaching advice. Basketball lessons. Learn how can this film help you win games? What are you know? Let's just lump all this together. Just coaching observations. We'll just we'll just call it that for this one here because I think there's a lot that we're probably going to end up talking. Top- we're already at an hour and eighteen minutes, so we might match <laughs> the runtime of Hoop Dreams on this podcast here. But we got so much to talk about. So okay. Uh, but so
1: I don't know if you knew this, but I believe your podcast of the Guru of Go, yes, is longer than the film. Is it really? It really is. Oh I think wow! I never realized only that. 50, 50 some minutes long, right? Something like I that. Think yeah, that it's, the it's, podcast was like a little over an hour. Uh, so wow. hopefully we don't reach that mark. Uh, there will not be a lot of listeners here if we're here <laughs> for three hours. Well,
0: uh, you know, I'll go. I'll give Kruger credit for stretching it out that long. So <laughs> yeah. So um, um, yeah. So uh, I'll go ahead and start on this one here. Okay. Um, you have to consistently recruit your players. You have to recruit your own players. Uh, you got to keep your own players uh, motivated. Um, it's it's a grind. It's a it's it is it is a grind being a a high school athlete, and you've got to find energy, positiveness, and continue to re-recruit the kids that have decided to participate in your program. Um, and I, I think we saw a lot of shortcomings in that I I think uh, some of the kids, especially at St. Joe's played because uh, for the glory of St. Joe's or because they, you know, kind of, I think William at the end of the movie, by the end of the movie kind of felt obligated to play basketball more than he loved playing basketball. So that was number one for me.
1: Yep. Um, Yeah. For mine was uh, either for real problems. We kind of talked about it a little bit already, but like you and you have to recruit your kids. Like what what you're saying is you have to be there for real life. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I, I always say that as a coach, one of the greatest compliments, accomplishment accomplishments that I've had. There we go. Words are hard. Yeah. Don't, don't hurt Um, yourself there, buddy. Math and words. I'll tell you (laughs) what. Uh, (laughs) But I do think that one of mine is when I have, Past players call you up and and if they have issues, if they're having problems uh, and just say, like, coach, I'm not sure I can do this or I'm having a tough time with this. Classes are really hard. Uh, and when they are able to come to you and you say, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to be OK. You're going to make this. You're going to make it. Um, I think that that's really a really cool accomplishment
0: mm-hmm. of mine. Yep. Um, let me ask you this. Uh Williams last game, the game that he loses his senior year, he's benched at the start of the game for being late. How do you handle that, Coach?
1: Uh well two things. Uh, I think it matters which story's correct. Mm-hmm. Because the Williams family story is he's five minutes late. Yeah. Uh Coach Ping's story is he was twenty minutes late. Yeah. Uh and that they're already Dressed ready to go. Yeah. I also, I can't, it's hard for me to put myself in that situation because I live in Ord. Yeah. So it's like, I don't have, we don't have to deal with, if somebody's 20 minutes late, they're like 20 minutes late on purpose, basically, or something terrible happened. Yeah. Um, Because they could, basically, everybody could walk here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so that's hard for me in that instance to be able to to know what to do there. Uh, But, you know, we've all had those kind of things where you want to teach a lesson and uh, and trying to figure out when the right time is. So I don't know what the right answer here is, and I don't know what the whole dynamic of everything was. Sure. But I just know for uh, for me, if it's a playoff game and if there was a good excuse, these kids have put a lot of time in
0: mm-hmm. with
1: you he's put a lot of time in with you. Hopefully you have that, um, you know, equity built up where it's like, you have this relationship where, okay, I think that we can still start them. Yeah. Um, in, in my eyes and uh, every player that I've ever had, I've felt like I've had a relationship good enough to be able to be like, okay, you wouldn't just, yeah. you're not trying to slight our team here. Um, mm-hmm. so that's my, perspective on it yeah. i guess yeah. what's yours
0: well here it's 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 uh multi-layered i, I think um if you ask me who i do it who do i believe between curtis and coach ping i i believe coach ping's timeline more than i do curtis's Agreed. i okay. agree um now that being said was there reasons for this did the, you know i've i've driven in chicago numerous times and and traffic is awful in the city of Chicago. Right. So stuff can happen. Uh, has this happened before? Has it been a trend uh, that William is consistently late? And so we got to sit him. Uh, honestly, uh, let's say it's his first time that he's been late. And yeah, you know, it's probably, unex- you know, I'm really upset that he's that late for a game, but I'm going to pull him aside. Hey, where were you? Hey, well, you know what? There was a big accident on, on, on the expressway on, on the Ryan expressway. I was trying to get out here and blah, blah, blah. Um, all right, listen, let's get out. Let's play this game. We're going to address this tomorrow. Um, and, and I would tell the team that we're going to address it tomorrow. And I think that, you know, again, we only have to go by what we have to go by with the, the film, but right. we, there's nothing to tell us that William was a bad kid, a, a kid that would intentionally uh, flaunt team rules uh, just right. to be a, a jerk. And so I would tell William and I would tell the team, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, tonight, the focus is on the game, and then we'll address this stuff tomorrow. Uh, that's probably what I would have done. Um, but that's not the way Coach Ping chose to handle it. And and. I don't know if that makes him win or lose the game or if it makes the outcome different, but um, it, it's just uh, do, do I understand as a coach what Ping was trying to do? Yeah, I get it. I understand it for sure. Uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, but I also think that again that rigidity that he did things with sometimes bit him in the butt and right. and here's another circumstance of that rigidity perhaps not helping. Uh, but I understand his uh, – uh, I understand his philosophy of if I treat William differently, w- you know, what does that say about the rest of the program and so forth and so on. So I get both sides of it, but that's probably the way I would have handled it. Right. So
1: – I Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, um, so cut. for me, my ne- – Oh, go ahead. One of my next ones is um, – for players you see it both for players and team but confidence is key like you see that um little transition with williams game of when he's a freshman sophomore feeling invincible going Mm -hmm. out and just playing free um and then the injury happens and you're kind of brought back down to reality of like okay yes this you know i'm not invincible um and then him just playing a little bit more tentative and it, you can just kind of see that and still playing at high level, of course, but like their coaches all talk about like he just wasn't the same um, and about how in, with players, especially you have to build that confidence. If, if they are playing with confidence, they're going to be so much better. And then you see it from the team aspect too of, you know, early in the season, Arthur's team would not have probably beaten most of the teams that they beat on their playoff run, but Mm -hmm. you get a little bit of confidence at the right time, um, and you start to feel unbeatable, and when a team feels like they can't be beaten, they're hard to beat, Yes. Um, so I just think as a coach, this is something to take away, is like build the confidence in the kids, build the confidence in the program, because so many times as coaches, we want to be nitpicky, we want to break things down, and we want to say this and do this, well, don't forget to build up what you're doing, too, Mm -hmm. because... Yeah, when teams feel unbeatable, it's yeah. tough tough to bring them down.
0: Well, and I think um, one of the things that Coach Bedford did, quite honestly, better than Ping, was he built he, he coached the season backwards. And that's you know, my friend Dick Jungers uh, talks a lot about that. We've we've talked a lot about it. You know, coaching the season backwards, coaching games backwards. Where do you want to be at at the end of the game? Where do you want to be at at the end of the season? And you know, Ping was so obsessed with having a perfect practice every single day that no, you're not going to win a state championship on December first. You, you, right. you need to be thinking about February first, and and if and God willing, hopefully March first. You know, you're still playing on March right. the first. Right. And and when you have that perspective in mind, and that's what you're building towards. I, I think those are the key components, the key things there, um, and you know, just. The, the players' confidence and, um, yeah, like you said... Uh, it's, it's, it's a process. It's every, every season is a process. And the process is you trying to aim to get your kids playing the best that you can in late January and early February. So they're feeling as good as they can be going into tournament time. And, and I agree with you there. So, um, another coaching lesson learned and, and kind of tagging on to a little bit of what you're talking about there. Uh, you're talking about Williams injury. Um, I think, uh, one of the things that's hard to do as a coach, but we need to be conscientious of it as a coach, is keeping your, what I call uh, your, your players who suffer catastrophic injuries, uh, your season ending injuries, or your long term injuries, uh, keeping them engaged with your program, with your team. Uh, this is really hard, uh, and we watch William go through multiple rehabs in the in the film. Um, it's really hard for those kids, and they feel isolated. Even though they're part of the team, they don't really feel like they're part of the team. And I know this is something I probably could have done better earlier in my career, uh, is is keeping those kids engaged with the team, with the program, making them feel part of it, and uh, going out of your way to making sure that they're feeling good about their place within the program as they're struggling with it. Because, you know, the kids only, you know, 93% of our kids that, that play high school sports are done at the end of their, their formal careers are done at the end of high school. Right. Uh, And so we need to um, we need to do our best to keep those kids that are in those situations engaged and part of our programs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's something, so I've, I experienced a ton of injuries when I was going through my career. And so I had kind of seen that and been a part of that of how you can – it feels like you. there's this distance that can be created um, with a team. And so that is one thing that, as a coach, I try to do a ton of is still making sure that they're incorporated in everything that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, whether it be a part of, like, our leadership council or whatever it is, just so that they still are a part of the program. Because, yeah, you can – you can't have kids that just start to feel like outsiders Mm -hmm. in the program and and then never really gel again with that group because they haven't been through the same battles. They haven't done the same things. And so, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I have between the three categories, I've got like two, two more things written down here, Dexter, what do you got?
1: Um, I'm good, but you go. All
0: right. Uh, I got two more things. Uh, and we've talked about one of these, and I'll, I'll use this one first uh, because we've talked a lot about it. Uh, you know, be aware of what what I wrote down: the family pressure, the 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 hangers yeah. on, the the outsiders, uh, especially with your more talented kids. You know, you have to be. Um, I know that I've had. I, I try to coach my kids who have. I can't control what happens at the dinner table. But right. I, I try to be aware of okay, I know Susie's uh dad is just you know, that car ride has to be miserable. No matter how many times right. I preach to parents about you know, don't talk about the game after the game. you have you have elements of a family situation that uh just let that go in one ear and out the other uh, again, because they're trying to help. I'm using air quotes there, uh, right. but but as coaches, I think it's important that we know our kids and we know our kids families, dynamics or the the pressures that they're going through. We got to be supportive of them. We got to build them up. You know, uh, Ping's got to be aware of 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 Curtis uh, and the the chirping that he's got within his ear. Um, I think the brother in law Alvin is is portrayed pretty well. He's got a little bit more of a of a uh, realistic outlook and a, and being supportive and that type of a thing. But I'm guessing right. there was some things there. Um, you know, and, and so we've just got to help those kids in those situations that are beyond our control to kind of help them control that, uh, if that makes sense. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, yeah, we have touched a lot on this about uh, this sort of thing of being a, you know, being a cheerleader instead of a coach sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's an interesting thing that I am always dealing with because I have a daughter that I hope to one day play for me. And that's like one of the biggest fears I have is like not being able to, just not being able to be a dad and trying to just coach all the time and you know trying to find that balance of still being supportive uh not talking just basketball all the time um saying good things that you're doing instead of trying to critique like I'm already stressed about it um so Mm -hmm. yeah I think that this is a good way you know Curtis is a good person for me to see and be like okay there's this fine line of when you want to try to help to critique and push, but you also at the end of the day are a brother yeah. or a dad first. Yeah. And so, yeah, trying to find that balance.
0: I, I think one of the great things that Hoop Dreams shows us uh, in a lot of different dynamics is how not to do things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, the last thing uh, on my thing, you know, uh, I love Coach Bedford. Uh, he, he's just a. Uh, uh, he's he's able to be brutally honest with his players but his players know that he cares about them as people as human beings he is i i really feel like he's a transformational coach uh, even though there's times where he just like he looks at Arthur in the state tournament, he's like, "You're playing selfish. You're you're just playing your yeah. own game out there. You're doing your own thing. You gotta you gotta play with us, not just doing your stuff and, and, and stuff like that." You know, but he's able to to say that because the kids know, hey, he is trying to help me get to college. He he does care about me. He does put his arm around me, and and you can just tell that there. And if you build that relationship. The more honest you can be with your players because your players truly know that you care about them as people. And and I think that was the biggest difference between Coach Ping and Coach Bedford. Want to know more about a pen and a napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to a peninapkin.com, a, a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our A Pen and a Napkin University video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A Pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. napkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Building that relationship is so key.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And. And yeah, he does do, and we didn't even really mention him that much mm-hmm. in this film. Like he probably should have been like, yeah, top MVP. Um, well, but, we're, we're getting oh, to that. Gosh, we're I got I jumped ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, well, I didn't have him on my MVP list, but then now you just like speaking like that, like yeah, he really did such a a good job of doing that, of mm-hmm. kind of you know bringing that team along, and and, and I struggle with it. A little bit because i'm a little bit like with with coach ping and the fact that i like structure i don't like want my kids to be talking while i'm talking and he allows it to happen like they're changing when they're in the locker room even yeah. after their last game and he's talking about how much he's going to miss the seniors and they're like talking and changing while it's happening but they're still listening and yeah like him just being able to balance that especially with the kids that he had mm-hmm. uh, yeah he does a great job of that
0: okay uh, motivational grade after watching this, I think it's pretty simple, Dexter. Uh, after an hour and thirty-six minutes here, I, I think we can comfortably give this the the Christmas Story A plus 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 plus.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and being there at that age, you know, the junior high age, watching this, mm-hmm. I definitely one hundred percent went out and started hooping afterwards. <laughs> awesome.
0: MVP of the movie.
1: Yeah. So this this was tough because I just I. I put both William and Arthur in there Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, of course it's about them and they both did get out um, and took their own journeys. Uh, But, you know, after speaking, (laughs) like going through this, it's hard not to put Arthur's mom as an MVP Mm -hmm. uh, because she went through so much and got him out and was there the whole time for him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, those are my three, I guess.
0: Okay, I had drum roll, please. Sheila Yeah. Uh, she was my yes. MVP. Uh, just the hits kept on coming. Her, you know, one thing we haven't even talked about that was not really talked a lot about in the movie. It was just you know barely mentioned. But uh, they had uh, Arthur's sister, who's never really on camera, uh, but she has a child, so she's she becomes a grandmother, and she's helping her daughter uh raise this child as she's dealing with arthur as her power is cut off as her husband leaves her and then he gets arrested for drugs and is put into prison and she's trying to manage her relationship with also abusive to Uh, her yes yes abusive to her yes um and she still finds a way to become a registered nurse, uh, and she's uh, she's finding a way to try and get Arthur into a college and out of the streets of Chicago, and all of these different things. And and so for me, man, I mean, she just and I know this is a basketball movie, uh, and it's a basketball podcast, but for me, she was the MVP of the movie.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree with you. Like, she's mm-hmm. it's also my favorite scene. Like uh yeah she i think so too as as kevin durant once said yeah she's a real mvp yeah because she does she does a great job of just getting him through all of it and being so strong throughout the whole movie so uh
0: overall grade after an hour and 38 minutes it's hard not to (laughs) we better give this an a yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) yes uh definitely an a um i think it's well made it's a fun watch it's an a for me
0: yep okay so uh we're gonna wrap up here with a a bit of a, a where are they now uh little segment here adding on here uh in case you were wondering i, I did a i did a little uh, deep dive inter- internet search for about a half hour on all of this stuff dexter so yep uh arthur ag how much do you know about this
1: well so every time that i watch it I do this. Okay. Every single time that I watch it, I go back or I try to see like an update of where they're at and and, uh, and see what they're up to.
0: Okay. So for our listeners, uh, Arthur A. G. uh, has five children, uh, last known to be living in Chicago and he does some motivational speaking. And actually him and William have teamed up with like a business venture of some sort. I think it's like a clothing line or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, yep. so, uh, that's Arthur. William, uh, four kids. He became a minister uh, after he went to Marquette. And at one point, he was living in San Antonio, Texas. And and he was a—he uh, he has been, to my knowledge, uh, a minister. Um, and so that, that does not surprise me. Uh, again, no. I, I really liked William's disposition. He's a hard person not to like. Uh, yeah. You know, so. Uh, Gene Pingottori, uh Coached until— uh, he coached fifty years at St. Joe altogether. Uh, I think Wild. he coached till he was like eighty-one or eighty-two. Um, won two state championships, uh, nineteen ninety-nine and two thousand fifteen. I think he retired after that two thousand fifteen season. Uh, he died in twenty nineteen. Uh, his overall record fifty years at St. Joe. His overall record was one thousand and thirty-five wins and three hundred and eighty-three losses. So, uh, over a thousand wins. I know he coached in a McDonald's All American game at one point as well. Uh, So, but uh, may he rest in peace, Coach Pingatori. So, that's a lot of wins. That is a lot of wins. (laughs) That is a lot of wins. So, uh, Sheila Agee, uh, this is awesome. Uh, She became a private nurse to well to do families in and around the Chicago area. And so, uh, awesome for her that she was yeah. able to um, able to do that. So terrific stuff for her. Um, Bo Ag uh, very tragically uh, was murdered in a robbery uh, attempt. Uh, somebody tried to rob him. And, uh, in 2004, he was, he, he had a little side hustle with selling like some perfume and some stuff. And he had a a storage garage or something like that, that he, uh, uh, he kept some supplies in and, uh, somebody robbed him and, and shot him dead in in an alley in Chicago in 2004. And I think he was 52 years old when that happened. So he too became a minister as well. So, uh, sad story there. Uh, mm-hmm. Luther Bedford uh, retired in 1999, so he coached about seven more years, uh, ended up dying in 2006. One of the things I didn't realize, uh, Coach Bedford, very well known to college coaches, uh, one college coach called him the most respected coach in the city of Chicago, uh, oh, which wow. I, I, I could see that after watching. yeah for uh, sure watching this film. And then Curtis Gates unfortunately was murdered uh, being involved in a love triangle. Um and uh, I didn't really realize I knew that, but uh, I didn't realize he was murdered on September the tenth, two thousand and one. The next day, Whoa. of course, the 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 world changes uh, with yeah. the with the World Trade Center and Pentagon attacks. So, um, so may he rest in peace. As well, so yeah. out of our kind of our seven main characters of the film, four of them have passed away in in various different ways. Um, so uh, that's kind of a little where are they now from Hoop Dreams? Yes. You know,
1: twenty eight years uh, later. As I looked them up um, each time, uh, the I the William Gates thing of of him like training with Michael,
0: yeah,
1: to maybe you know get signed, and he turned down signing right with someone uh i i I know he had a
0: run with 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 jordan and um he helped him work out when he was trying to get ready for the wizards i don't know if he got offered something or not Um, uh you might know i don't know i don't know maybe
1: not but yeah like the fact that he i i always think that's really cool because you know he has a posters up and i'm sure that was just like a really cool experience for him oh yeah to like be working with michael
0: yeah oh yeah oh yeah Uh, uh, I still have, uh, in my classroom, uh, I bought the, and I, and William has it in his room as well. Uh, the Michael Jordan, uh, where he's going up for the dunk, but instead of having a ball in his hand, uh, he's got the moon, they, 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 they put the moon in his hand and I think it says space at the top of it and it's just Jordan going, I, I still have that poster hanging in my classroom. That's awesome. You know, so, uh, the, the original from the late eighties. So, um yeah great stuff great stuff dexter we have hit the hour 45 minute mark <laughs> yeah there. so uh anything to
1: add no i mean i just think it's a great film uh check it out if you got three hours to spare or if you have to do it in, sp- in segments do that yeah um you know if you watch the film and then listen to the podcast you have <laughs> quite the day plan yes um, you do yes you do.
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah. no it's, it's a great flick to watch
0: yeah it is it is and uh uh, I think this is officially the record for the longest podcast in the history of a pen and a napkin. But obviously, this is the longest movie in the film room. And but uh, a lot of a, a lot of great stuff to cover here. Um, you know, Dexter, thanks for coming on this morning. I really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your support of the pod. Appreciate your friendship. Uh, and uh, you know, wishing nothing but the best and and, and uh, for this upcoming season uh and it would be a great situation if we were able to coach against each other this year which means we're both in a really really good place so
1: yeah absolutely that let's uh let's plan on that but it's it's always great being on here it's always great having a conversation with you whether it's on the pod- podcast or if we're just talking mm-hmm. it's a uh, yeah it's yeah. been fun well
0: we, we are wrapping up the film room i uh i hope folks have enjoyed uh this series i hope you've been able to uh, have some fun listening to these podcasts while also getting some, some coaching knowledge and information out of it. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun for me to do. I really appreciate all 10 people, uh, that came on here with me. Now, nine people had a choice. My daughter didn't have so much of a choice. She either had to come on or, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun to do with her. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's been really fun and, uh, uh dexter any thoughts on the film room season and everything that happened with it
1: i just thought it was great uh i just think it's a great change of pace it's a little bit just more lighthearted, fun you can still get some basketball stuff out of it but yeah i really enjoyed it
0: awesome awesome man well hey coaches i hope you've enjoyed hoop dreams here uh number 10 of 10 uh the plan is to come back with this to come back with this at some point uh the season's closing so things will narrow a little bit for a pen and a napkin uh you know i gotta take care of my team here first and foremost but we still plan on cranking out a lot of great material as we move into the season but i hope folks have really enjoyed this film room series because i've really enjoyed talking about these movies watching these movies and and putting together all of this stuff so Coaches, as always, let's be sure to own our craft one day.